This is the Time Out with Shore Sports Podcast, covering sports on the shore with Mark Potter and Mike Bradley, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Now, here are your hosts, Mark and Mike. Well, here we go, episode 17. It's Time Out with Shore Sports, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Mark Potter, Mike Bradley, we'll have David Inslee with us today, and special guest Bob Cannon, a chance for Mike to take out his frustrations on all the officials. <laughs> so, it's not going to be that bad. We're going to play nice with Bob. Yeah. So, in, in fact, it was uh, Referees Appreciation Week last week. Last week. So in Maryland, week. Delaware, it's this week. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, we've got that to look forward to. And, uh, you know, I was listening on the road coming back from Blacksburg yesterday. I was listening to the uh, uh, Dale Earnhardt, my Dale Jr. podcast, like I always listen to. It's my favorite podcast. And once you know, they stopped the show early and sent him to Key West. Got any plans for that for me today? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> hey, you're if you're going, I'm going. Yeah, Actually, I've never been to Key West before. Really? Yeah, it's a destination place I want to get to at some point. You got to. I, I got off the boat one time there and uh, then had to get back on it, unfortunately. But, yeah, uh, yeah it was uh, when I took the cruise, but it was nice. If I go, it? I may not come back. That's a yeah. problem. Yeah, good point. <laughs> no doubt. So, hey, we jam-packed show today. We yeah. We'll be talking with Bob Cannon about officials and such, and we got a lot to ask him. But also recapping the uh, high school football games from this past weekend Mm -hmm. and uh, a couple of surprises there, I think, and we'll get to that. Um, But I got to tell you, we'll jump right into it with my trip to Virginia Tech, you know, and, and my first ever experience in Lane Stadium. So my son, I told you when we went to Bryant Denny at University of Alabama, my son who goes to Virginia Tech, you know, said that uh, that Alabama's got nothing on Virginia Tech's game day experience. Well, I can tell you, Alabama's got a whole hell of a lot on Lake Stadium and the game day experience. It was cool. It was cool, and I think it'd be even cooler at night, like I experienced Alabama. Well, right, right. But. Yeah, there's just there's more people. He's just taking up for his home school there. But yeah, I would imagine Alabama's experience is uh, at least a tad better than Virginia Tech. But the the game experience in Virginia Tech was cool in the sense of uh, you go for Inner Sandman. That, yes, that's why you're there. You know, and it was amazing. I mean, my seats. I thought I was buying lower level seats because it was 5L was my section. Well, that might have meant lunar. Um, <laughs> oh, so you were that high up, Because there was a section above me, I guess, was 5U, and I, but I oh, was wow. on row UUU. Oh, right? I see. That was past U, that was past UU, and then every other letter of the alphabet to get to UUU. So and you were on uranium, I, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> One of the planets. Yeah. That's how Uranus far, yeah. is where I kind of felt like I was because I was well, way up there. Well, I'm very close to the sun, I see. Yes, I got, I got some sunburn. <laughs> I mean, you can prove it right here. I, obviously, they can't see it. I can see it. But I only bring that up because when Inner Sandman started, mm-hmm. you know, everybody starts jumping. And I have video of it, and I'll put it on my uh, my personal Facebook page. But the place started like moving. I mean, I the, believe it. The yeah. concrete, those college the stadiums, concrete yeah. that I'm standing on, yeah. you can feel it moving up and down. I'm like, if this thing falls, they're never going to find me. 
<laughs> I hope the architects did a good job. Yeah, well, evidently yeah. they did. Yeah, um, they, it was it was very cool. Um, you know, I got to see the uh, the hokey walk before the game mm-hmm. with the Heidi Tidies, which is um, the Cadets marching band. Okay, and then they have their you know the marching Virginians um, as well, which uh, they're really good. But uh, it was just, it was a cool experience. And yeah. I'm glad I got to see my boy. That's good, yeah. yeah. College game day, I mean, with the, with the bands, I mean, it's the pageantry, that's what it's all about. Yeah. And Virginia Tech still sucks, and they should be firing Fuente. <laughs> so. Oh, it looks like he's, uh, as we mentioned last week, at least on the warm seat there. Yeah, yeah well, no, it's it's smoking it's hot. It's smoking yeah. hot. Well, I say yeah. at least, in, in but okay. In fact, I think it's, you know, your third degree burn to the touch. Oh, wow. It's okay. that hot there. Right. I, I think he just cooked his seat. But the question is, where, who do you bring in? You know? Yeah. Ogeron? Yeah. Looks like Lane Kiffin's looking for a new job every week. You know, but I mean, yeah. I told my son, he mentioned Ogeron. I said, you couldn't understand him. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, he, and, and he's, he's not. looking for just anybody. He's not an East. Right. I understand. He's not an East Coast recruiter type guy. I and mean, realize at LSU, they have as as laps of entrance to get football players in as anywhere in the country. So, Votech's going to have at least a few more standards than uh, LSU. Absolutely. I, I will admit to that. But, no, it was a great experience. I had a blast. And and looking forward, um, you know, to uh, my return to go see them play Duke coming up uh, later this month. Maybe it's a game they'll win. So. Yeah, Duke's not. Ha- I mean, Duke's actually been underrated. They've been a pretty good program in general over the last 10, 15 years, but uh, recently they've fallen back on hard times again. The team that watch out for the ACC is Wake Forest. And watch the way they run their offense. It's it's pretty uh, pretty unique with, forget, with their RPO. Don't forget Pitt. Yes, Pitt looked really good against Clemson. Yeah, yeah. Their quarterback's going to be drafted in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. and and yeah. now a uh, Heisman considered of, yeah. you know, consideration as well. Yep, they only so. have one loss. By the way, I'll just throw this out there. You're talking about head coaches for Vodtech. Probably one of the areas they'll look is um, – your teams in the East Coast, but coaches on the rise. And take a look at Appalachian State's head coach. That's a guy that they may go yeah, after. Yeah, absolutely. They beat uh, Coastal last week. So uh, Coastal was ranked and not no more. So, yep. well, how about when we come back, how about we talk with Bob Cannon? That's coming up right here. Time out with Shore Sports, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Hey everyone, Chris Marks over at Preston Ford. I just wanted to take a second to tell you about our instant cash offer event where you can sell your car on your terms. You will receive an offer in minutes. There's no purchase necessary, and we will make it easy and give you top dollar for your vehicle. The easiest way to do it, again, is to call me on my cell phone at 410-206-7404, or you can text me, or you can go on PrestonMotor.com, and we can handle everything right online. Time out with Short Sports, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. This portion of the program is sponsored by the Edge Training Academy, where passion meets performance, located in Stevensville at 112 Log Canoe Circle in the Chesapeake Bay Business Park. Now offering 24-hour gym access. More information at theedgetrainingacademy.com. Joining us now on the Chinchak Sports Locker Hotline, we have got uh, the head of officiating in the Bayside for uh, football, and that's uh, Mr. Bob Cannon. Hey there, welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much. We want to thank you for joining us, Mark Potter and Mike Bradley. And we wanted to bring it. We have, in talking to one of your officials, you know, I, I, I've been told that you know that sometimes we get a little hard on you guys. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's normal. That's normal. Yeah. So, um, you know, 
I, I guess I want to bring you on to apologize for being so hard, but for the record, I've never been hard on you. Um, <laughs> so, right. you know, there is, we wanted to bring you on because, well, last week was um, Officials Appreciation Week in the state of Maryland, um, but also there is a huge need for officials right now. And is what can we do to make people understand that uh, you know, they too can be an official? Oh, it's easy. Well, number one, they can uh, they can contact me, and I'll, I'll give them all the information. But we need we need officials. Our average age is probably the mid fifties, hmm. and we have forty five officials, and we actually probably need sixty five. You know, to, to cover because we cover the eastern shore of Virginia. And we got five schools down there. You know, plus the Bay Side. We don't. In the Bayside, we do not cover Easton, uh, Queen Anne, or Kent Island. And what about Kent County? Schools. We do cover okay. Kent County. So you got Kent yeah. County back, okay? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So I mean, there's obviously a need, and you know, one of the things that I don't know, and, and you can tell me because you head up the officials, and, and you know, but we we kind of felt like that the officiating, the level of officiating has decreased in some positions this year. Is it because we're getting more first-year officials out there that you're being forced to use, or is it just that's just the way it is and it's a perception? Yeah, I think it's a perception. I, I, actually, I think air fishing is uh, better now than it ever has been, or training better. You know, COVID had a lot of negative impact, but on the positive side was the invention of Zoom. Hmm. And, you know, all that's spring, the Bayside did not, uh, well, they did all last fall. We didn't have football. We had a little bit in the spring, but we kept our training up. You know, we had Zoom meetings every during the last fall, every other Tuesday, and we started up in the spring. So we've really been doing football year-round, and, you know, we got videos we can show. So actually, fishing's gotten better, in my opinion. Uh, Bob, Mike here, uh, two-part question for you. First, what are some of the reasons you're finding as to why there's a shortage of referees, and what are you doing to be proactive to try to recruit referees? Well, proactive, I'm going to start there. I've talked to the, to the coaches. You know, there's a lot of athletes. You don't have to be a football player. Everybody knows football. That's probably Americans' passion. Mm-hmm. So every Sunday, Saturday, people watching football. And, and we can train people. It's not actually – Probably non-football players may be better because they think they uh, know the game better than anyone. In high school football, it's totally different from what they watch on TV. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the problem we have. And, and I think the issues we have is on the youth level, there is a increase of violence, you know, parents fighting, they're, they're yelling at officials. So it's going to make it tough to get officials out there. You know, they don't want to go out there and be, be scrutinized. You know, they're, they're trying their best, and it's especially in the youth. It's only three or four officials, and you look at the Power Five college football. They have eight officials out there. Most Bayside games, we have five. So it's sometimes you're going to miss something. If your head just turn an inch in one direction, you may miss something. Yeah. And like I tell coaches, they may yell. I say you missed that call. I said, Coach, you may be right. If we weren't looking that particular area, we could miss it easily. So yeah. It's harder than people think. There's there's a lot of Monday morning quarterbacks out there. Yeah, yeah, there there definitely are. Uh, you mentioned a, a thing that is so right. Uh, the the difference in the game 
from Friday nights and Uh-oh. youth football <laughs> to Saturday and Sunday. People yeah. just don't understand the rules. There are, there are three sets of different rules, totally different. Uh, can I give you an example? We had a situation in a JV game, I can say which school, and we had a two-year official, and they got to start somewhere. Right. Uh, there, were, there was a punt, and the, the receiver, it hit off his hand and went in the end zone, and the kicking team fell on it. So if I asked that question to 90% of the population, they would probably say it's a touchdown. However, in high school, any time the ball breaks the plane, a loose ball, it's a touchback. So this one of the coaches went ballistic. And, you know, it was scrutinized their officials not knowing the rules. And they did get it right, but they still yelling at their officials. So that kind of like, it makes it tough for an official to go out there and do a JV game for 60 bucks, and he may be traveling uh, 60 miles, you know, and, and work on the field out there three hours and another hour, hour and a half drive home. We're talking with Bob Cannon. He's the head of the officials for the Bayside uh, Conference. What is the name of your association? Bayside Football Officials, the FOA. All right, so that's real easy. And uh, uh, And you talk about about getting in touch with us. All you have to do is ask any AD, and and they they got our contact, any athletic director, any high school. Absolutely. And there's also another organization, the ones that take care of Easton and, Queen, and the two Queen Anne's County schools. They come from the other side of the bridge uh, as well. We've had a lot of them uh, this yeah. year, um, you know, for our broadcasts and what have you. As an official, what what is it that society can do or the schools can do to help make your job easier and then I want to take it a step further. The Bayside Youth Football Group that you officiate games for and what the youth organizations, what could they do to help you recruit officials? Well, like the high school, I think, uh, senior year, if you got athletes not going to college, and they can still be involved in the game. I'll be honest with you, it's like you're still playing. You're out there and you do not want to mess up. There's, I always tell the teams, there's three teams out there, both both teams and the officials. Everything's on film, so we don't want to mess up. But we get those guys that graduate. I don't care if they play tennis, golf. We like to get them out there doing football. Because like I said earlier, most people know the game of football. Mm-hmm. And I, we can teach them. Same thing on the college ranks. You know, I've, I've been to Coach Woods over at SU. I've taught them about, hey, you got people graduating. Can you help get us out there? You know, in a high school game, they can make $80 doing a varsity football game and $60 doing a JV game. And we're, we're not making money. Most times you take a loss the time you buy your uniform and your gas. But you, you do it for the passion of the sport. You're making more than a high school coach does in the end. Well, probably. Yeah, you're right there. <laughs> I've always told people, hey, they don't need a coach. Uh, come officiate. You're correct about that. Uh, Bob, you talked about one of the reasons why there's a shortage is on the rec uh, level. Uh, you're getting parents that uh, unfortunately are uh, not exactly, let's say, uh, kind to the referees, and, and that's something that keeps them away. Uh, is that the ground level for most referees that they start no, at the Pee Wee no, Rec? Or can they get they, they can start at the high school level? They, they start at a high school level, and because there's really no training I know of in youth football. All those youth football games are done by our officials. Okay, so so it starts at the high school level, and then it and starts at the high goes, school. Okay. It starts at the, at the JV level. Okay, um, we start. We we got a couple new guys. They come out there games, stand on the sideline, and watch what we're doing. A couple weeks before we, before we put them in a game, we we put them in a game with experienced people. So a JV game, four officials. We 
you know, sometimes it's tough with work schedules on his, on his JV games. We at least want to have two experienced officials on the game. Bob, let me also ask you, you talked about talking with coaches at the high school and college level about getting athletes, for instance, high schoolers that aren't going to play in college, for instance. Right, um, right. And I think that's a great idea. I'm curious, too, though, are you talking to the administrations about maybe giving credits as well uh, for getting people out to referee? Let's say those that were high school athletes that are in college, not playing a college sport, that maybe they can get some sort of credit in college towards going out yeah, and being it, a baseball it's funny you mention that. Uh, another friend of mine, he's been doing it over 30 years. We talk about we'd like to go to Warwick, and maybe we can actually teach a, a, a class in officiating. Yeah, yeah. That would be a start just right there sure. uh, in the college levels, uh, teaching a class in officiating. You brought up something just a minute ago that I'm curious about. As you go back, and I know you get tapes submitted to you about calls yep. and such, yep. how many yep. times do you find that it's not the referees that made the wrong call, but it's the coaches that actually don't know the rules when they think they do? Well, there's a lot of times when you see something live on the field, you think it's a it's a, a foul and it really isn't. It, it isn't on tape. Because, like, every week I'm on – I do college football. been doing that for 18 years. And we have weekly meetings of replay, and something you see live on on the on the field is totally different when you look at it in replay. Hmm. Totally different. I had an incident this weekend. I was doing a game at Stevenson University, and the Widener coach was screaming and yelling about a play. You know, maybe he was right until I looked at the film last night, and he was wrong on both. But I understand why he thought that, that they were errors. How it's just, a, just the angle you're looking at. It's totally can be totally different with what really happens. Sure, sure. How important is building a relationship with the head coaches of each team before the game? Um, we try not to get too friendly with them. You know, just, well, for, for instance, I go to them in every pregame. I'll mm-hmm. say, "Coach, is everybody is everybody legally equipped? Um, do you have any special plays you want to talk about?" And that's it. I don't want to. They, they got a coach. I don't want to interfere with them. Right. Right. So I mean, there's time. I'm gonna be honest with you. They do complain about the other team. So I don't. I don't make any comments. Or say, coach, we'll just be watching. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> we know that it's part of it's part of you know the uh, gamemanship. Yeah. <laughs> and that's part of when you scout an opponent, you do say, hey, look, we're seeing this. And you let the refs know. It's not just about, hey, th- here's our secret plays or trick it, plays. But, hey, coach, we're seeing this on – or ref, we're seeing this on tape. Just something to look out for. So, yeah. I, and there, go ahead. And there's coaches – I'm going to be honest there's coaches that call me and complain about other teams. Yeah. So he, they know we have Tuesday meetings. And there's a couple of coaches that call me on a Sunday, knowing we got a Tuesday meeting, and complain about the other school. Well, so, I bet, we'll be, so we'll be talking about it. I bet when Matt Griffith was on the sideline, he called you all the time, didn't he? I'm going to be honest with you, no, not once. No? Oh, never had on. nope, you got to throw him under the bus with me. He's <laughs> part of our broadcast nope, team. <laughs> nope, he's probably one of, the, uh, nope, he's one of the better coaches, I'll be honest with you. Well, I, I have a Always feeling. Always had a good rapport with Matt. I have a feeling Always. he's going to be back. So, uh, yeah. yeah. I think he'll be back on the sidelines it, it, at some yeah. point. So we're talking with Bob Cannon. This portion of the broadcast is sponsored by our friends. At Midshore Exteriors, handling your roofing, siding, and gutter needs across the shore. Every detail matters, so let the Master Elite GAF certified and Shingle Master Roofers take care of your home or business today. More info at MidshoreExteriors.com. All right, so I got two questions for you, and I know you can't be specific because of players or teams or whatever. 
first okay. the first question has to be targeting. Is oh, there, okay, that's a good that's a good question. Yeah, is there targeting worth an injection in high school? Only if it's egregious. If we feel that he's going out there to really punish someone, in, in college it's automatic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. However, in high school it is not. Okay, so it's got to be. You know, the old term, we always, before targeting came along, they had spearing, and that's right. still in the rule right. book. Right, right. In the old days, that used to be an automatic ejection, but they did away with that probably six years ago because people weren't calling. Because, you know, what? the last thing you want to do is, is uh, disqualify the player. Right. So target is not an automatic uh, disqualification in the high school level. Correct. Right, another question for you: How many personal fouls, or what kind of fouls, does it take for a player to get ejected? Personal fouls, unsportsmanlike conducts, or what have personal you? Personal fouls, you could have twenty and not be disqualified unless it's egregious. Okay. Now, unsportsmanlike is different. Okay. Unsportsmanlike, if you have two unsportsmanlike, you're gone. And, that and I be, tell you what, I would like. I wish the high school would adopt the college rule. Any unfootball related action after the whistle and NCAA, like after the play is over, and a guy runs up and shoves somebody. That's unsportsmanlike. In high school, it's not. Okay. Huh. And and yes. and that unsportsmanlike, like that at the college level, is grounds for an ejection. If you got two. Okay. Even in high school, if you got two unsportsmanlike, you're gone. Okay. Well, h- how do you uh, distinguish unsportsmanlike and in, in high school unsportsmanlike is more it's a verbiage. You okay. know, you're you're cursing another player. That's like action. Okay. Or ta- taunting. Taunting's one. You know, you got a guy running for a touchdown and he's high stepping down you know, at the five yard line and doing a throw slash. That that's unsportsmanlike. Okay. Personal foul difference. Yes, that, that would not be a per- personal foul. It has to be physical contact. Okay. Okay, right. gotcha. Good. And uh, for clarification, I, I know the rule because you've done some of my games and you've you know, let me know. Schooled you, you Mark? Schooled me. <laughs> Pass interference yes. at the high school level. Folks need to understand it is completely different than yes. college and high school. At what yep. point, what constitute pass interference at the high school level? Well, number one, you got to impede the guy. We use the, term, the, the word impede. You got to prevent him from making a catch. However, in the high school level, if the ball's in the area, you can have it. And you, can, you can have it. He impedes him. In college or the pros, it's got to be catchable. That's the difference. There's no catchable in high school. But now, do refs use discretion at the high school level if it's uncatchable? Yeah, it's, like, it's, not... it's, it's like on the you know you got the middle field and you got the right side of the field and left right. side of the field. The ball's sent on the right side of the field and the foul's there. You have to call it. And there's times we call it. And you're really thinking, ah, I wish you didn't have to do that because it's really not catchable. But by by national federation rules, that is a foul. And the the penalty only comes about when the ball's in the air as well, right? Correct. You can like you watch TV on Sunday. You see the defensive backs; they can't bang a player, you know, blocking him after five yards. In high school and college, you can bump them all the way down the field until the ball is in the air. Hmm. 
Yep. And, and that's where folks get upset yep. on Friday nights. That's pass interference. Yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll hear them say illegal contact. There's no illegal contact. That's Sunday. That's right. So, so then if the ball is thrown and tipped at that point, it doesn't matter because you can have the contact down the field uh, until it's in the air. But if it's tipped, then it's, it's, it's not tipped, right. there's no. If there's a tip pass, there's no pass interference. Right, exactly. All all. Right. Okay. Boy, we, we could do – you know what we want to do? We have our website, shoresportsmd.com. I don't know if you've checked it out, Bob. There's this information right there on our landing page of how you can become an official, getting in touch with the NPSSAA and all. But we want to get a couple of you 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 and your officials together um, yep. with with a couple of players. A crew, yeah. A, a, a get a crew and yep. and just go over. Next year, let's do this next year for football. Yeah, so I love we it. Can, Good idea. We can that would be great. It, we can do it in August, mm-hmm. okay, when practices start. Leading up to, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, yep. and just do a couple of, you know, differences between what's a catch, what isn't a catch, what's pass interference, what's holding. Right. Because we know that you can call holding on every play. Oh, well, don't. holding, it's, you got to prevent that player from making the tackle. Gotcha. Look at that. And like you said, there's holding. When you got two linemen holding each other straight, and, and, and neither one of them is moving, you don't have holding. But when you see that defensive guy turn his hips and reach for the ball carrier, that's when you have holding. Well, Bob, let me ask you another question then. Yeah. <laughs> All right? So there was right. a game that I recently went to, and I was not broadcasting that game. And there was a play running off the right side. All right? And it was a good run. And an official, not one of yours, uh, threw a flag for a holding that was on the back side of the play. Yep. Was, that player would have never been able to make the play unless I, he was Superman. What, what you're describing <laughs> shouldn't be a flag. Thank you. That's what I thought. That that was a significant call. We'll just say, Mark, yes. in the game that we talked about last week. Yes. That yeah, I'm not going to say it would have made the ultimate difference, but you never know. Yeah, you it's like know. holding. Let's take an example: holding on a on a receiver in NFL, and and even college is going to be different because I'm, I'm I used to be a deep official, and if I saw a tight end being held come off the line. I would look at the quarterback if he never looked in that direction or never threw the ball in that direction. I got nothing. But you know the NFL is different. They got time and routes. These guys are pros. He may not ever look that way at the last second. Right. And that's why you're one of the best officials in the base. Well, I wouldn't say that. There's a lot of good officials. (laughs) There are. Wade Strickland's one of them. He does a pretty good job. Yeah. We work a lot together. Yeah. (laughs) We were at uh, Colonel in uh, Cambridge. That that was a good game. We'll be talking about that game coming up. Uh, Yes. Hey, Bob, just to circle back around real quickly, in terms of your outreach, and, and I know that uh, this is an issue as we talk about the, the shortage of refs, do you think that there's some light there that you see that, that some of the enticements are going to be successful, or is it just too early to tell about getting additional folks out uh, to uh, to referee? I think it's a little too early because like, even in the college level, we had a lot of players or officials that you know took off from COVID. And say so you guys got fishing ten or twelve years. They got they got used to being off in the fall and being with their families. They said maybe I don't need to go out there and be yelled at on, on the weekends. Hmm. Maybe I should spend more time with family. So I hope we can go in a, in a positive direction. Maybe somebody like you guys can help us recruit. That that would really help. 
Uh, Bob, one other question for you. I know that next door, because I covered the uh, state of Delaware a little bit with high school football as well, yes. I know that it's impacted them to the extent that they've yes, had to have. move games to Thursday night and Saturdays. We have not yes. seen that in the base side. We'll, we'll, at least. we'll probably have to go that route. We've been talking about that. Hmm. So next year Just, that may end up yes. being the case? Yes. Since you mentioned Delaware, I probably I talk to those guys at least three days a week. We call each other and we, we exchange notes. We've been doing that for probably ten years. All right. Well, we can't. Like we have a real good report, and we help them out, and they help us out in shortages, and they could help us this year. Well, we can't be having that, Bob. We we can't be doing Thursday night games because I buy Friday night here on the radio on the uh, on ninety four three Wings FM. So, well, I think most of them. You know, it's it's happened in Salisbury. I think we say you guys have lucked out over the years. Mainly, it's been the Salisbury schools and, and Decatur. Yeah, Salisbury will play. You know, one well, because of, those of County and, Stadium, right, yeah. Right. So you usually have one game on a Saturday. And, and we talk. You know, I mentioned that it's not fair. The other schools, you know, Worcester County, they have two schools, and Wicomico has three. You know, they would be the schools. Hey, can you switch to Thursday? Right. Right. Well, and, you know, we'll see how it plays out. But uh, you know, yeah. what Comico has now that JM Bennett they play their games on Saturday at their Saturday, place. So it works yep. out good at the for shipyard. Them. Yeah, at the shipyard. So, well, listen, we really appreciate your time today and uh, being very candid with us. And um, if somebody is listening, I mean, everybody can be an official. What speaking yep. of what for somebody starting out, what would be the investment to be an official? Probably right around 150 bucks. And that you know, get your uni- uniform, and you got to pay your state dues. It's uh, I believe it's 34 dollars. Okay, so, so it could it'd be right around 200. Okay, and you'll do you you get uh, three JV games, and you just about got it back. So four JV games Correct. and. and- and, and these uniforms last for years. Yeah. They last for years. Yeah, exactly. And and then, of course, you can eventually get into uh, uh, you know, doing some youth football as well, and that's where you make bank. They <laughs> they do. They make more than the guy doing a Division three football game. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, because wow. they're doing yeah. so many games. They do three or four games, yeah. right? I don't know how they do it. That's tough. Yeah. I, I, I can only handle one. I'm tired of that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, listen, we really appreciate your time. If you want more information, uh, they can go uh, – you can Search BFOA, right? Yes. And, and of course, yes. uh, you can also uh, go to uh, shoresportsmd.com, and you can get the information there. That's where we're going to go, Mark. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah why don't you be official, Mike? You can the MPSSA, you also go on the MPSSA uh, website. Which is okay. where they would get to it if they go to shoresportsmd.com. That would take them right to uh, that information. So check that out, right. Bobby. I think you'd be impressed. And yes, even me. I appreciate it. Even me. Yeah, I, look forward, I look forward to get together like with a crew, and you ask the questions. Well, we're we're going to do that uh, in August because I think that'll. And work maybe we well. can bring our computers and we'll show you some some um, um, film. Uh, that would be great. We could share. Film and we could and, quiz, we could, and uh, we could quiz you guys on it. What do you have? Oh, uh, we'd pass. I love it. We would pass. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I've been educated <laughs> by the best. Yeah, so. pass about ten percent of the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen. Thank you for your time. We know you're busy, and uh, hopefully, we can catch you out on the fields here one of these Friday nights for a uh, a playoff game coming up. All right, thank you guys very much. Anytime. Bob Cannon with us from the uh, Bayside Football Officials Association, and we do appreciate that time. We'll be back with more coming up. If someone you know is exhibiting signs of depression or withdrawal, take time to connect. Ask, are you okay? Listen closely and without judgment. Share mental health resources. For All Seasons Behavioral Health and Rape Crisis Center is here for anyone struggling with a mental health challenge. 
visit ForAllSeasonsInc.org. That's ForAllSeasonsInc.org. It's okay to ask for help. For All Seasons is here for you. This portion of the podcast sponsored by our friends at 4L Seasons Behavioral Health and Rape Crisis Center, providing outpatient mental health, psychiatric education, and rape crisis services to the English and Spanish-speaking communities, regardless of one's ability to pay. More info at 4AllSeasonsInc.org. Mark Potter, Mike Bradley, David Inslee with us now as well. And what a great conversation with Bob Cannon there. Well, it certainly was. We covered a lot of ground, and I'm certainly hoping that there outreach works uh, and uh, they're able to recruit some more people and right now they're short roughly 20 so you know they've got some work to do there and I'm hoping that with the high schools and colleges that uh, they can recruit some people. He brought up a great thing about you know if, if a kid isn't going to college or if they're a former athlete or maybe they're back from college this isn't a full-time job this is something you do in the evening and it is a great opportunity for a younger person or or maybe even David Inslee. I mean, you know, Inslee on a Friday night, could you picture him as an umpire? I don't think there's enough alcohol and ibuprofen in the world for me to do yeah. that. <laughs> so, well, probably not. But uh, <laughs> uh, let's get right to the games. Uh, we'll start off with our Preston Ford Game of the Week, uh, presented by Best Western Plus Easton and Four All Seasons. Uh, why high in Queen Anne's? Uh, my goodness. Um why high just scored again? Uh, another interception. And that game was weird. It really was. Well, it was because the amount of penalties that Why High had in the first half, and yet they still led. But, I mean, that was that was bad, though. I mean, as good as they are, to have at one point so many in a row, Mark, I'm just sitting here saying, what in the heck is going on? I, I was awestruck sitting back here in the studio producing the game. Oh, man. I, I tell you, for it to start off... With a pick six that gets returned and you know, for a touchdown and that then gets brought back out. Block in the back, right. The block in the back. And then the unsportsmanlike that, like Bob was just talking about, is probably words, you know. And uh, at, that, at that point, they didn't convert after that. You know, so, I mean, it was like 0-0 zero, zero still. And Queen Anne's responded with a field goal. And then later on, it was a a pass play to Freeman from Foreman, and uh, that was that was all she wrote. I mean, yeah, KJ well, it was Smothers, six to three, right? Right. And they they either went for two or didn't get, make the extra point. But you're right; at that point, right. they they ended up going on to a strong victory. Now, again, the the question mark to me is KJ Smothers, who got hurt early in this game with a concussion, yeah, or at least it appeared to Second be. Second quarter, I think. You know, that yeah. that let the air out of the sails for Queen Anne's at that point, and likely the game at least would have been closer than it was. Yeah, it, you'd like to think it would be. I mean, forty three ten was the final. When KJ went down, they could not get anything else going. Um, you know, they they tried to see uh, Haskins in the backfield. They had uh, you know Handy was in the backfield, of course, and yeah, they got some yards, but nothing like Smothers because neither of those two backs, as good as they are, are Smothers because Smothers just he was so strong after contact. You know, he's got those tree trunks for legs, and, you know, he's just he, he able to run through contact. 
Yeah, when you see him, uh, I tell you who he reminds me of a little bit is, remember Robert Newhouse, who was a fullback for the Cowboys late 70s, early 80s? Yeah. He had thighs like that. We used to joke that he could, he could squat a pickup truck because huh. he just had those, you know, had those muscles and he could just bull right through people. Well, it was, you know, one of those games that, uh, you know, you'd like to think it would be closer if they, in fact, uh, you know, did, you know, not lose him. But at the same time, I can't take anything away from why high because they were that impressive in the second half. They had 120 yards and penalties um, in the first half. Did they have that much offense? No. No, they did not. So, I mean, that's and to be up, they were what fourteen three and a half, I think. Yeah, and and then able to, you know, rebound and make themselves, you know, come out in the second half and only have one or two penalties that whole second half, you know. And that's what we talked about with Elijah Taylor on, you know, uh, Isaiah Taylor rather, not Elijah. Sorry about that. With Isaiah Taylor in the uh, in the post game, that it's always been about discipline with Y High. They've always had athletes. But it's just discipline and taking care of the little things. And as I said himself, they didn't do that in the first half. But in the second half, they got back to being themselves. And what a difference. And if they're taking care of the little things, that second half Y high team, watch out. Yeah, certainly agreed. And they got their quarterback, Darius Foreman, back into the lineup last week. That certainly helped, even though Eddie White did uh, a more than uh, adequate job in the two games that he started for him. But what did Coach Taylor say after the game? That's 120 up and back, so they're going to be running at practice that they may have done yesterday on Monday, getting back at it because of the penalties there with the yardage. Uh, Too much, too many, and they had enough talent to overcome that, but... And that also shows you a little bit of the difference between the two teams, despite all the penalties that Y High stole the better team. And in the trenches, obviously, it showed. And K.J. Smothers, as you said, would have made somewhat of a difference, but probably would not have been the end-all, be-all in that one. So Wicomico continues to uh, roll along after losing to Kent Island. And now Queen Anne's, they've got the war on the shores. They'll host Kent Island this Friday. But don't, Good luck. Don't discount Queen Anne's and their defense, because that was a lot of offensive issues that, you know, produce the scores for why high. You know, Queen Anne's throwing interceptions and and short fields. Fair enough. You know, Queen Anne's defense, they limited the offense for why high, especially in that first half. They did a nice job of limiting, and I don't have the numbers for the final numbers. but Which is I, impressive because the week before, they had a tough time doing that against Decatur, but right. Decatur's a throwing team, and Y High is more of a running team. Right. So, and you know, I, I think it'll be interesting to see this week at one, do they have K.J. Smothers back, you know, or in, in two, if not, what are they going to do? Because Y High is a very physical football team. Yeah. You know, yeah. Ken Island is a very physical football team. But in the grand scheme of things, the game Friday night didn't matter. You know, it it may end up costing them a home playoff game. But at the same time, you know, it'll be interesting to see how this this Friday works out. By the way, I don't know if I corrected myself last week, but I forgot if I did or not. So I'll just throw this out here in terms of records and such. The Queen Anne's Parkside, that game never happened. But because Parkside had a makeup game against Southern, that will not be a game that Queen Anne's will have a loss tacked to them at the end of the year. So they'll go with an eight-game schedule. Right, so an eight-game schedule. So we'll see what they do with the war on the shore. And uh, certainly looking forward to what should be a playoff atmosphere in that one. But, uh, yeah, hey, look, I'll say 
this, and I'll pass this over to Dave here. You look at Queen Anne's, they had some experience coming back this year, but a lot of youth. I look at them as I look ahead to next year. Oh. They've got to be considered with graduations at other schools, like Ken Island, like Stephen Decatur. Uh, I've got to think that uh, Queen Anne's and Y High will be up there in terms of uh, top two, three preseason next year. They lose their center and nose tackle in Peyton Gastoli, and I don't think they lose much more than that. Wright's a quarterback. Smothers is a junior. Yeah, you have all that. But one thing also uh, to, to think about, and I just lost my train of thought where I was going with that because I was watching Inslee move the, the, the microphone. Um, but this team, Queen Anne's, they have potential to wreck the playoffs. Mm-hmm. If they can put it all together in one game, they could screw up somebody's season. So it'll be interesting to see how their matchups come out as well. You mean like Ken Island did to North Carolina a few years ago? Yes. Yeah, good point. That's a great uh, analogy because that's what happened. I mean, North Carolina was rolling. They get to the playoffs, and then Ken Island, who North Carolina had just beaten a couple like of weeks two prior. Two weeks before that, yeah. They yeah. beat them, then they played Colonel beat them, and then Ken Island comes back to town, and a lot of unhappy people to Ridge that night. Yeah, there, there was. Uh, speaking of the Ridge... Let's talk about the North Carolina game. Uh, they were in Salisbury, and they were taking on Parkside. They lost that one 28-20. I think it was a pick six that sealed it, if I remember correctly. Um, but they lost it 28-20. For them to be in that game without Owen Doyle, who was ejected the previous week, and Jaden Watkins was out for what I assume was an injury, mm-hmm. Um they didn't have anybody else to. I mean, they had McFadden, but McFadden can't do it all. You know, they didn't have anybody else, and they were still in that game. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's a testimony to the old saying that talent can beat hard work if if wait a minute, hard work can beat talent if talent doesn't work hard. Right. And they almost did, but again, I think it was twenty to thirteen, and then Parkside picked off the pass, ran it back, and that effectively put it out of reach. So, with North Carolina. They're going to close out with Colonel Richardson, who we'll get to here momentarily. Um, but you know, they're going to close out the se- the regular season with Colonel Richardson. Parkside it gets the benefit of being in the 1A-2A. And what a big mm-hmm. win this was for them against North Carolina, especially when you get into the points breakdown, because they're going to get the 2A points. And on top of that, they're getting the wins. So that's going to help them and probably get them out of the matchup with Cambridge South Dorchester, I would think. In the uh, that points. sounds that sounds yeah. right to me. Yeah, yeah because going like in, it work. was it was going to be Parkside and Cambridge, mm-hmm. uh, I think, in the playoff and uh, with the first round. But I think that this may get them out of that. Um, but <laughs> Brendan Riley has done a good job, but at the same time. You wonder, Parkside has really struggled this year um, and, and coming out of the gate. And a lot of it, I think, Mike, has to do with, you know, the the COVID issue. And, you know, I mean, they've lost. How many games did they lose for COVID? A, a couple, you know? 
Yeah, they have lost a couple. I, I mean, they did get some guys that got some key experience in the spring, but I, I think that's a team, a team to some extent, maybe more on the youngish end in some areas. It, it is surprising, though. I mean, I I expected them to be a little bit better than what they were, at least more competitive. I mean, they've got, I believe, three returning starters in the offensive line. They're deep at running back. Therese Worthy's one of the better ones. Their defense has struggled a bit. Now, against North Carolina, who's better, but again, as you mentioned, two of their three running backs for Caroline was out. Uh, so, I mean, that does have to factor in. Their defense played better, but their defense has struggled. And then offensively, they're a team that's built one way, like North Caroline. They've got to be tied or have the lead because they're not a team adept at throwing the football and getting back into the game that way. And you saw that against Easton. Easton ran up pretty quickly on them, and they're not a team. Now, they fought hard and got back in on a special teams plays to an extent, but ultimately they're not a team built to throw the football if they get down by a couple of scores. Uh, but, yeah, they've been – look, this will be their first losing season since 2013. They've been a model of consistency in the South. Um, but now you've seen Wicomico start to put some some seasons together. Decatur get back on track. And we know to extent this is cyclical, but it's not the norm for Parkside. You're right. You mentioned surprising. The, the team that surprises me the most down South is J.M. Bennett. I mean, they haven't won a game yet this year. And, yeah. and I know that's so hard for Dustin Mills – because he wants to win. It just, boy, they're, they're just not able to put anything positive together. Yeah, it was 48 to nothing on Saturday. Ken Island won. You had uh, Matt Burnside with three touchdown passes. He was uh, 11 of 14 for 222 yards in that game. You had uh, a number of different running backs that got the ball, uh, but Heath with a touchdown, Matt Asella with a touchdown, and Hooks with a touchdown as well. And again, they, they spread the wealth there uh, for Ken Island. But yeah, Bennett, uh, it's been tough. And they had, what was it, 15 through 18? They had really good seasons, winning seasons, playoffs. Who Gibson had that thing going, and then nineteen and Gibson's last year, they they faltered, and then no game, you know, no season in twenty, and then in the spring they struggled, and now they're off to uh, you know what has been a tough season here. They lost two of their offensive linemen before the season even began, but they had thirteen seniors on the team. I thought that would get them to a few wins. That has not been the case. We're going to talk about the rest of the games for the base sign coming right up. I want to take a moment to tell you about Hook Optic Sunglasses. They offer vision without limits using the latest technology in their Thermoforce polarized triple threat lenses. They repel sweat, water, oil, dirt, and sunscreen. Plus, they're scratch and smudge resistant. I used to wear those other popular brands, but I've switched to Hook because of the look, the feel, the quality, and the price. Stop by an optical galleria in the Teal Marsh Plaza in West Ocean City, West Water Street in downtown Centerville, or on Harrison Street in Easton to try on a pair or go to hookoptics.com. You'll be glad you did. And this portion of Time Out with Shore Sports Podcast is brought to you by our friends at College Placement Consulting, providing invaluable college planning and high school guidance from sophomore through senior year. Let the dedicated professionals at College Placement Consulting help your child prepare for college. Go online to schedule a no-obligation appointment now at collegeplacementconsulting.com. They're telling me I'm already going to receive my second semester invoices coming up here soon for (laughs) Alabama Tech. They haven't even finished the first one yet. Good luck. Yeah, thanks. They're saying November will see that. Isn't that great? 
All right, Mark Potter, Mike Bradley, David Inslee with us. And uh, for those who don't know David Inslee, he spent many years writing for the Dorchester Banner and the Star Democrat. And I hope you enjoyed the climate control in the rock you were living under because I did that for 17 years. Yeah, so there you go. And uh, so I bring that up because had you been at the Colonel Cambridge game on Friday night, Mm -hmm. you would have been one of how many people? Uh, in terms of coaches, people on the sideline, on the field, unless there was an official I didn't know about, it would have been a grand total of three of us. That had been there for every Colonel win over Cambridge. In football, yeah. In, Including in the one football. that was forfeited no six. Yeah. So, I mean, that is just crazy. It tells you how often it doesn't happen. 16 16-14, <laughs> the final there, Colonel Richardson over Cambridge in 16 years is a long time to not beat somebody. I mean, and the same thing was, it was like the same amount of time for Parkside the last time they beat North Carolina. It was 08. Uh, yeah, 08. Yeah, yeah, so, I mean, it was well, 13 years. You saw my years. tweet about it where I said that well, what it was like in 2005, okay? George W. Bush was just starting his second term in office. Star Wars Episode Three God, was the big grossing him. film that year. Mm-hmm. We didn't have a daughter, and our oldest son was only six. Huh. So, yeah, a long time ago. Yeah. So, but, you know, here they go and they put it together and able to come up with a huge victory. Their first 1A football title. And they are on the brink. And I'm not sure how the points are going to break down um, because with their game this week. But they could actually be the number one seed and get a bye in the playoffs if Every team, they have seven in their in their region. If every team elected to play, they'd have a bye. Um, I'd have to think that you don't want a bye in the playoffs. I would say I would lean towards not wanting one. Yeah, so I think at that point you're trying to find somebody to pick up and scrimmage. So at least you have a game-like situation. But, you know, tip of the hat to Colonel Richardson – Poor little old Colonel Richardson who didn't want to play anybody from the Bayside because they're not a football school. And here they come out on top. You know, they beat the big, mighty, bad Vikings of Cambridge, South Dorchester. It, you know, if you play the game, things can happen. And that's the reason why you do play the game. True, true. You know? And, and I mean, you did hear the lament over the years that that uh, CSD was pulling North Dorchester kids. And there's some validity in that statement. I know in baseball eight years ago when Cambridge won the state, there were seven kids on the starting lineup that lived in the North Dorchester district. But that's because North but, Dorchester doesn't have football. And kids were allowed to go to Cambridge South Dorchester right. High School as well as the Technology Center. It just made sense. I right. mean... Of course, the argument of the kernel end is, yeah, but that's still four kids, two kids, seven kids, however many it is that we wouldn't be able to get. And I'm I'm thinking, well, I I understand your point, but the geography is against you on this. It's a different county. Yeah, Yeah, and that's a different county. And on top of that, there's there's – let's face it, Talbot and Caroline, they have multiple schools. And the schools and their coaches always come up with – a program that's offered in one school that isn't offered in another school. <laughs> that that, you know, and, and, I am so incredibly not going and, there right and, now. <laughs> and I know in Talbot County, oh, my child, they need to go to 
the smaller school because the smaller school is better for them instead of the bigger school. Never mind that they're, you know, D1 baseball talent or some other, you know, or maybe lacrosse talent or something like that. They manipulate it all the time. I get it. But my point is play the game. And don't worry about who you play. I understand they don't want to play Ken Island and Y High and, and and all that, but they're chomping at the bit to play North Carolina this year, I bet. Yeah, yeah, I still think North Carolina's going to win that by probably two scores, assuming everyone's healthy. But yeah, it, it's I won't I won't get into it in detail because each each side's got their merits to their arguments and and, and, and it's uh, a podcast. Know, this is I'm what we be, do here. We I'm talk gonna about be, this I'm going to take the middle ground on this. Come and on, just say Inslee, it is what it take is. a side and stand up for it. Come on. <laughs> okay, well I tell you what, I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. You oh, can I know just, you, you suck. So that. anyway, well, out. at least our team has a name. <laughs> yeah. Well, my my point is, and Mike, I, I know you agree with me on this sense is that you know you play the game. And because anything can happen. I mean, look at Dallas. He mentioned the Cowboys. Look at the year they're having this year. I mean, it's a miracle. They won't win in November, but you know, it's a miracle. You mean in January or February, right? Not either, yes. Right. But, but a, couple, a couple of things. First off, you know, 16 years, as you talked about, 05. Right. They break Cambridge's 13-year winning streak for 1A titles. At least we, we've documented back to 08. That's a huge deal as well. And I know Dave and I were talking over the weekend about winning the Bayside 1A. We were told that that technically hasn't happened since 1981. But I did want to give some player shout-outs here. That Zach Robbins had a 21-yard touchdown pass to George. Gabriel at a 16-yarder to Cameron Lake, and two-point conversions ran in by Caden Egbert and Zach Robbins. And do by they the not w- have a kicker? That I'm not aware of. Dave, I, David I may be of a speed, do. but b- before before I get to that, there had been some talk, if I'm not mistaken, and, and you guys could back me up on this, that Lake may, might have transferred to Easton. That did not happen. Think about what he would have missed out on and what may not have happened if he doesn't go back as being an integral part of the uh, Colonels and the season that they had this year. But I, I, it's one of those games where probably outside of the Cambridge community, understandably so, that everybody else in the Bayside was cheering for the Colonels and happy for that accomplishment uh, with, with the multiple accomplishments they had in the win. I couldn't be happier. And look, we've seen 1A teams languish. Washington has languished for a while. Snow Hill, yeah, they got three wins this this year and uh, they're doing better than they have recently but it's still not where they were as we know 10 12 15 years ago Kent County has been up and down I, I think they're on the right trajectory here but you look at Colonel they've put something together now pretty consistently for the last five six years that's not easy to do at a 1a school uh, absolutely and you know so a tip of the hat to them I'm very happy for them I think it's fantastic it just and it's an opportunity for me to gloat a little bit about just play the schedule, you know, and and do the best you can. And well, they're six and two, and their two losses were to what? Why high in Ken Island? I think. Yeah, so two A's that have a combined record of what fifteen and one. Yeah. So yeah, yeah exactly. that's, that's commendable. So you take your schedule and you win the games that you need to win. In previous years, they didn't win the games that they needed to win all the time. But now they are. Now they, they beat Cambridge, Kent County, Snow Hill, and Washington. Mm-hmm. And then they beat up on the little schools of, you know, much like them uh, on Virginia's eastern shore. You right. know? So, hey, James Jackson's doing a hell of a job there. Mm-hmm. And he's got those kids believing. And he they did another stellar job, you know, and this past Friday night. And Neil Lambert, at some point, 
Is he going to stay there so damn long to where he's using a walker on the sidelines? I mean, my gosh. Oh, Neil Ebert's actually been dead for four years. So, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but, but heck, Neil, I think, is only a year older than me. But then, I, you know, when I was in high school, Captain Crunch was in the Naval Academy. Right. So, um, you know, we're, we're getting up there. But the other person, now, I wasn't there Friday. Neil was. Mm-hmm. The other person of that duo that has been there for all four of the Colonel CSD games at Colonel One, including you know, six forfeit. Tom Corsi. Now, you said you didn't even know who Tom was, and well, quite said, honestly, that... It was, it was I Mike. know who Tom Corsi yeah, Mike, is. Mike said it, and I'm like, wow, because Tom, heck, just this past spring, I guess it was, he coached two kids to state titles in track, helping James, who was the track coach at Colonel, yep. Yep. and he's probably got seven or eight track state titleists that he's coached in recent years. He told me on the sidelines last spring when I went to a game that he's actually coached now for 120 high school sports seasons, yeah. three a year for 40-plus years, yeah. missing very few. Because he's he raised, coaching girls basketball at Colonel. Right, and he's been at North Caroline coaching as yeah. well. When they had a, yeah. he had an, he was basically, he was like Alan Miller, but up north. Right. And he didn't have the uh, the position that Alan had as the AD, you know. For everything. those that don't know who Alan Miller was, he was the athletic director at Snow Hill before passing away um, from a heart attack uh, a, a couple of days after we got back from uh, going to a Jimmy Buffett concert, in fact. Yeah, 2010. So, yeah. yeah. So uh, uh, definitely a stalwart in the uh, uh, South Bay side, no doubt about that. Uh, the other game I want to talk about, because uh, I feel like we kind of killed this one, is um, we, we covered enough to kill it, uh, is the Decatur. <laughs> you roll your eyes. Well, uh, I mean, we did. We covered it. I mean, what other angles right. are there to cover right. it? You're you know? right. That's, uh, you so, ended it on that note. Yeah. So, yes, we'll, uh, we'll move on from that. Uh, is Decatur Easton. Easton had a 20-7 to lead. Yeah. And they lost, what, 49 to... 28, wasn't it? Well, yeah, David was out there. I'll let him go first. I've, I've, I'll add in after. Yeah. Okay, well, I told you I had to tell you the story about the 05 Easton Decatur game because it ties into what happened there. Same thing happened 16 years ago. This was my first fall working at the Star Democrat. Is this about the punt? No. Okay. No, 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 no. That's a good story, too, though. Okay. But... Um, I had bet, and when I made my picks in the paper, I said if Easton does not make the playoffs this year in 05, I would go a year without eating Big Macs. I go to Decatur. Easton wins the game against Decatur. They're going to do it. They're just going to do it because Cambridge having a bad year. That's who it was, I think, the following week. Easton was going to beat up on Cambridge. I figured they had Decatur. They could handle that. They're up, I think, 21-7 at half. And Bob Knox must have lit somebody up in the locker room at (laughs) halftime because Decatur comes rolling back. Bam, bam, bam. They're up 28-21, late fourth quarter. Here comes Easton marching down the field. They score 28-27 with maybe three minutes left. Decatur blocks the PAT. Huh? It beats Easton 28-27, and I had to go a year without eating a Big Mac, and did that you was that was do it? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no. But I tell you what I did. I tell you what happened. I got. I was at the the following May. I was at the state baseball championships in Aberdeen, watching Daniel Cropper with his ninety four mile an hour fastball, and Snow Hill beat Bow Manor. And on the way, as I was about to leave, I started to get a migraine. And there are certain things that I know I can eat. And, and <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> But seriously, I got a migraine, and there is a McDonald's on 50 near Cecil Community College right there. Or not 50, 40. And had to stop, and I was like, you know what? I'll break the pledge. I'll just add six months at the end. I don't care. So I ended up having a Big Mac. But I did go seven months did you without get fri- Did you get fries I got that? a combo, man. What yeah, do you think I'm of course. What do you think I'm <laughs> that's, that's pretty good, though. Yeah. Seven months, all right. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I made it most of the way. And... Uh, 
Yeah, so uh, that was, and I'm like, oh my God, it's 2005 all over again. Because the next thing you know, bang, they're scoring here, bang, they're scoring there, bang. And, and then they win by three scores. Don't have to worry about blocking a PAT yeah. this time. It's just, it was, and Easton played well early. They just didn't play strong late. And it happens. Yeah. It just happens that way sometimes. It got rolling. 49-28 was that final there. And, you know, you, you've got some stats there, I'm sure, Mike, because you are a stats guy. Well, uh, Ashton Snellsire, 21-29, 260 yards, 21 four touchdowns. 21-29. Yeah. Wow. Four touchdowns. Bryson Coleman, seven catches, 120 yards. He had two touchdown receptions. Luke Murr got two picks, one return for a touchdown, five receptions, 53 yards at a touchdown. You had Joe Buxbaum, who is uh, Buxy's son from Buxy. Salty Dog at Ocean City, the, the Steelers bar there, but he's good He's good people nonetheless, even though I'm a big Ravens guy. His son uh, had a pick six, or I believe had one that took it down into scoring position, one of the two. I think it was a pick six, though. And yeah, things uh, things snowballed. I mean, but you give them a lot of credit. And I got to tell you something, though. The atmosphere that he's built in Berlin already, it was homecoming, so you expect some pageantry, but it, leading up to that game, during the game, after the game, they had fireworks. You go through Berlin now, you've got Seahawk flags. He's brought the culture there to Berlin, and you expected that. And I've always said the thing about Jay Coleman is he gets the big picture. He sees the big picture, and he runs that kind of like a mini college program with knowing all the things that he has to do for a successful program, and he's been good at, at doing that. And, yeah, they uh, they came out of blaze. But I tell you, though, I'll say this about Easton. They are a talented team, especially offensively. And O'Connor had a rough night with interceptions, but he's got a lot of talent. They've got receivers that is one of the more the, the record might not indicate it but to me that is one of the more talented teams in the base side i'd say they're a top four team just a talent that is in the base side so i saw some parents complaining on the board uh the, the facebook and what have you about the student chants there the student sections of uh uh decatur oh well, i can't speak to that yeah, and, and, were so, they yelling let's go brandon i didn't hear anything about that <laughs> <laughs> no but uh i i Evidently, probably something because I never heard what exactly they were saying. But in reading between the lines, I have a feeling it had to do with the O'Connor brothers. Something the effect of, you know, you're not your brother or something like that. I'm not going to speak to that at all. Nope, not going to touch did it. Did you I hear that? I didn't. That? I, I was on confirm? the wrong side of the field to hear it clearly. Oh, you so were I'm on the eastern gonna, side. Yeah, oh. I was incognito. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you would not have heard that on your side. So, I would not have heard it effectively so, on my side, so I can't really speak Well, I don't know why not, because the Easton fans heard it. So now it makes me wonder, were you even there? Oh, yes. Huh? I was the dude in the pants. <laughs> so, but, you know, listen, Kevin O'Connor is, he's a stud. He, he really is. He's, he's very good. He's highly rated by Quarterback Factory, you know, and yeah. His brother. thought he was a defensive end, Mark. Yeah, well, you know what? He's a little bit everything. <laughs> well, we'll see what the colleges do with him. Yeah. yeah. But, but yeah. I mean, he's a kid that he can play. He's very good defensive end as well, but he's also a quarterback. And right now, that's where Easton has him. And they got him there for another year, I think, right? Yeah. Because he's a yeah, junior. Yeah, he's a junior. And he's yeah. a legit runner. I mean, yeah. Ryan extended plays, but Kevin's a legit running thread. Yeah. And, and I kind of thought, of course, the game got away from him. But I thought, even though early on, and Dave could speak to this, Kevin was having success throwing the football down the field against Decatur's defense. I thought, yes. though, for Easton to win it, they needed to grind it out, run the football against Decatur's defense, which had not been as good stopping the run this year. Now, they did get a couple players back, and that, that probably helped them out, but uh, I would have gone that route and kept 
Decatur's offense off the field, grind it out, and you still have that passing thread, so you can mix it up, but that's not the route they decided to go. A couple other games from the weekend. Uh, Snow Hill loses to Northampton, 50-20, and yeah. Kent County uh, shuts out Washington 16 nothing. Yeah, Coach Aiken said, Mike, it was ugly. It was ugly, but they got they got the win. And Tayon Johnson, an eight-yard run. Matt Wade, a 17-yard reception for Brian Miller. And Will Mayer with a 33-yard field goal for the Trojans. So taking a look at the uh, standings right now, Ken Island improves to 8-0 uh, in the 2A. And, yeah, we uh, mentioned them earlier. Yeah, yeah Wicomico is 7-2. and two. Queen Anne's is uh, what... Uh, now are they five and? They're going to be five and two. two five and two. Yeah. Uh, Parkside's three and three. North Carolina three and four. Wait a minute, um, real quick. Wicomico's seven and two, but they've got a game left. No, they're seven and one. They're, they're, yeah, they're seven. Okay, and one. okay. So, so that, I'm mistaken. The standings they've got. Yeah. There. So okay. I'm looking at the uh, at the. Uh, uh, standings on the uh, digital sports. We've, so, we've got the standings, Mark. Yeah. All right. So, <laughs> you know, it's when you look at it, I'm looking forward to the playoffs already. I really am. And I think it's going to be uh, an, an amazing time. We'll talk uh, real quick about. Uh, well, Matt Griffith sent us, we, maybe in the next segment, Mark, yeah. uh, he sent us uh, some matchups, potential matchups we'll, here. We'll close out with that, in fact. Okay. Uh, right now, I want to mention that Queenstown Bank is your hometown community bank, serving the Midshore for over 120 years. Convenient online and in-person banking, plus they have money to lend. Get more info at any Queenstown Bank location or go to queenstownbank.com. All right, so we'll close out with the playoff stuff, but real quick, let's jump back into college football. Okay. Okay. We already know that uh, the Hokies, the Virginia Tech Hokies, uh, should have beaten Syracuse. Um, you know, Syracuse rushed for over. How about my boy Sean Tucker? Hey, yeah. That, that team rushed for over 300 yards, and uh, the Hokies, all they had to do was keep the ball. Well, if they'd have converted on that uh, – third down near midfield they wouldn't have had to punt to secure Syracuse but they did they punted to Syracuse and they took the ball I think from the 17 marched it down the field got to about the 50 somewhere around there and for some reason with 17 seconds on the clock you go single man coverage nobody over the top and all you got to do is keep from being able to get in field goal range 20 yards and instead, you give up a bomb of a touchdown. I'm sure they had a good reason for going man there, Mark. Oh, I'm sure they did. Yeah. And that's why Fuente should be fired. Yeah, so, you and your son are not fans of Justin Fuente. When I tell you, it's not just me and my son. No, I the, know. The, there is the a check. student body out there that is chanting. I mean, at the half, the place was packed. At the fourth quarter, people had left and come back. I, maybe they just went to the concession stand. I don't know. But it was like, and everybody around me that I was sitting there that go to the games on a religious basis said, this is typical Vatek. They crush your heart. And I felt for him. I really did. But They had a nice know. long run yeah. for years. For years. And that long run, it's been a nice, it's been a horrible long run not being good. So they need to, you know, get back to, you know, and Shane Beamer, he ain't coming back because, well, they don't want him. So. 
<laughs> he didn't recruit. I don't know all the well. inside Vatek. I can't. You speak know, to you that. need to get up on that. Why don't you make that your assignment? Not my conference. So, not my conference. That's not anymore. So, <laughs> so let's talk. Oh, we're about, at a real football conference. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, how about Navy scaring the yeah. bejeebies out of well, Cincy? I, yeah, I look. It's tough to get ready for that kind of offense in a week. And it I was think twenty to seven. It was. I think a noon game on the road. I don't know how up for that game Cincinnati was. You'd think they would be though, because they they have. Zero margin for error being a group of five team, but they found their way and got it together. But Navy has played a lot better since the early start of the year. It hasn't always shown up in wins and losses, but they played number 25 SMU tough. They played number two Cincinnati tough. And, uh, you know, Army's got a heck of a team this year, or I should say a pretty good team. They lost it to Wake Forest 76 to 50, I think yeah. it was. But Wake Navy Army just will be scored fun. again. Yeah, but uh, Navy will be, uh, Navy's playing better. And it's, it's a good sign. And they've had a couple of uncharacteristic years, though. How about Alabama? He was close with Tennessee, and then Alabama blows them out. I know you love it. You feel like Alabama players collect a paycheck every week, but you know what? Don't they? Alabama got it done. Now they now well, they, they move do now up. with NIL. They, they move <laughs> for up. sure. <laughs> they move up to third now uh, in the uh, latest AP poll. Yeah, their offense is one of the best in the country, and and so is Ohio State's. I mean, I, I was telling you, Mark. You know, Iowa was a fraud. You know, Iowa's offensive. That is, Ohio State has the best offense of the Big Ten. Uh, Penn State has now floundered. That loss at Illinois was unacceptable, and I don't know if that has anything to do. Actually, that was at Penn State. Excuse me. I don't know if that has anything to do with USC coaching rumors with Coach Franklin or not, but they should no way they should have lost to Illinois at home like that, uh, but they did. They gave up a ton of yards on the ground, but Ohio State nine to Nine overtimes. Yeah. Nine, well, that's because of the rule. I think after three, they have to go for two, and uh, it, t- it took a while, and actually, Illinois' backup quarterback threw the winning two-point conversion their starter got hurt broke his left left uh, arm or his wrist on a kind of a gruesome play but uh, Ohio State's still the best team of the Big Ten big matchup this Saturday though Michigan Michigan State as a Wolverine fan I'll tell you right now as much as I love my Wolverines I do not believe they're the better team I think Michigan State's more well-rounded really? better passing game even though Michigan's a favorite I unfortunately do not agree with the line in that one well and you're not you're not a fan I'm not saying I'm not being a homer yeah. no I'm a fan of hardball are you yeah I mean I'm not going overboard on him, but I'm just telling you right now, Michigan's passing game is not near good enough down the field unless they put J.J. McCarthy in and then we'll see. But Kate McNamara is a good manager. He's not good enough on downfield throws. What did you offer Harbaugh to send you his khakis every week to wash him and send him back? What What did I do? Yeah, what, I mean, what have you offered him? Did you, did you offer to wash his khakis? Or no, anything? I guess I could have. So, uh, I, I tell you the I other would have. Team, we mentioned Pitt earlier. But another team, Lane Kiffin, although they got spanked by Alabama, but Ole Miss... They're, they're pretty impressive right now with Lane Kiffin. Yeah, and they've got a really good quarterback. And, yeah, they've done well. And he, you know, his name's being bandied about for the LSU job. And we'll, we'll, we'll see. But, look, despite all the antics, Lane Kiffin is still one of the, especially offensively, he is still one of the better coaches. And he can recruit. He can call a game. He can develop quarterbacks. And, you know, he had, uh, even though, albeit short, he had a successful stint at Alabama. So you got you mentioned uh, Michigan, Michigan State coming up Saturday. That's a twelve o'clock kick. Um, Iowa State and West Virginia. Did Maryland play this weekend? They, they did, and they lost to Minnesota. And, and Mark, I'll, I'll tell you right now, coming off the bye against a Minnesota team that has. A very big offensive line, very experienced and uh, deep offensive line. That was an unacceptable performance by them. And and now, they, see, that's a game where 
that's a winnable game for them. And to come off a bye, and it was on the road, but um, they're now in some trouble. Indiana comes for homecoming. Indiana's not anywhere near what we thought they'd be this year. But Maryland now is in trouble because that they shouldn't have lost the way they did in that guess again coming off the bye so now yeah there's a lot of question marks all of a sudden georgia will get challenged this week from uh, from florida you know so well, uh, yeah, I, I would expect so, but Florida's had a couple of losses there. I don't think the run defense has been as good at times. LSU ran all over them, but yeah, I expect that to be a good game. I agree. I agree. Looking forward to it as well, and uh, why don't we go ahead and talk high school football playoffs? We have that after this message from Perrette and Moy. Yes, and uh, let me just find the paperwork here. Well, Boy Therapy Associates, located at 460 Main Street in Stevensville. Let Rick Pratt and the staff get you back to feeling new again, accepting most insurance policies. So step away from the pain by calling Pratt and Moy Therapy Associates at 410-604-2982. That's Pratt and Moy Therapy Associates, not Pratt and Mopey as you have here. Oh, did I? <laughs> there we go. That was my mood Spell after check. the Virginia Tech game. Sorry. <laughs> I was Mopey. So, looking ahead to these football players. Well, this is the final week of the regular season. The final week. Yeah, rivalry week in most cases. Yeah, it really is. So, East and West. Except for Parkside, Kent County. Except for that one. Yeah, well, that's a... Yeah, I guess you're right. So, uh, except for that one, uh, you have Easton and Cambridge. You've got North Carolina Colonel Richardson. Ken Island, Queen Anne's. Uh, Down south, you got Y High and J.M. Bennett. And Decatur Snow Hill. Mm-hmm. Now, why High Bennett? That's part of the Salisbury City Championship. That's right. like the uh, Commanders Trophy with the neighbor with the uh, service academies. And, but, and the Y High is going to win that. So right now, I, I got to swing this around to David for just a second before the playoffs. I know we call it the War on the Shore at Queen Anne's Ken Island. I'm curious: Are there any other names? Outside of Colonel North Carolina, we still call it the Superintendent's Cup. By the way, will it be called that again now that Colonel's 6-2? Six and, six and well, two? you know what? Now, now, that, now that that superintendent has moved on to Queen Anne's County, God only knows what's going to happen with that one. Yeah, but outside of that, does Easton Cambridge specifically, David, did they have a name for the rivalry? They had an unofficial one, and there was a joke about uh, what the trophy would look like. They, they kind of called it the Crab Bowl. As I recall, at one point, I've heard it called the Chop Tank Bowl because yeah. of the river that separates the counties. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, there was the the trophy was going to be a bronze bushel of crabs. Oh, that'd be cool. And I thought so, that would be a neat idea, you know. And you, but the you chop put rings tank, around it like the Stanley Cup, and you couldn't it call it the, the Chop Tank Bowl because you know the kids that are out by the Chop Tank out past Trap, they're supposed to go to St. Michael's. <laughs> and of course, you go up the chop tank far enough, you're going to end up at North Carolina. Right. Yeah, so, you know, they might have something to say about that because I think that goes, what, all the way to Marydale? Yeah. It's amazing how just how hard it is to get from where I live in Cambridge to Denton just because of that daggone river. I got to cross it twice, I think, in order to get to Denton. And the tributaries, too. So, right. just to get there. But, well, um, you know, looking at this, uh, if everything went chalk so to speak, going down the stretch. Um, you know, K.I., you know, Ken Island should end up one, Y-high two. Um, Stephen Decatur should be three, North Carolina four, Queen Anne's five, North Hartford sneaking in there at six, Easton seven, and C. Milton Wright eight. And a quick shout-out to my old buddy Taylor Sloggenhop, head coach at Northeast Cecil. They finally got their first win this year. They're having a bad year, and T's guys won Friday night. We didn't even mention them. That's okay. I'm just okay. saying. I, I, uh, so right. hopefully George and Pam you know, are listening to the right. podcast 
and they'll rem- I remember you guys. And it, remember, guys, Italy sucks. That's an old yeah. joke from when we were in Maine 10 right. years ago. All right. So looking at these matchups, I mean, you, is CM Rankin actually elect to play? They probably will. I would think they would. Yeah. You know. Um, so you, you, Ken Island should advance. You know, I'm sitting here looking like, well, you know what? We'll probably have because you've got the way the playoffs set up now. You, the top two finishers from this region advance to the state tournament. Right, the grade eight. Or yeah, they, the, the grade eight. Yeah, and uh, and they re rank them. So it, it's potential that KI and Y High could meet in the state championship, which would. If that happens more than once in a decade, MPSSA will realign it again like they did in the 90s we when Cambridge we, beat Kent County in the 1A. Yeah, because we can't have two schools from the shore being a state championship. Well, we can't have two schools not from Baltimore right. in the state championship. <laughs> They've got to gerrymander that however they can. But I'm sitting here looking. And Something they'll, thankfully, they'll never do in sports involving sticks because you're not going to see lacrosse, field hockey, baseball, softball from the city or county making it into the state championship. So, Maybe the county occasionally. Mike, I'd be curious to know your opinion here. So when you look at the matchups, uh, if everything went chalk this week, you'd have first-round playoffs, Ken Island, C. Milton Wright, Y. High Easton, Stephen Decatur, and North Hartford, North Carolina hosting Queen Anne's. Well, that's a matchup that'll be really intriguing. Now, that's going to be a more experienced Queen Anne's team and one with Smothers, although they had Smothers for the first game week one of the season. But I think Queen Anne's will be a better team than North Carolina's face. Certainly, though, having to play them on the road again, that will be, uh, you know, th- that'll be obviously advantageous for the Bulldogs in that one. And the other one that uh, I- I'm hearing that the Eastern folks want why high really bad, well, they might get them. Uh, so, uh, in County Stadium. Uh, you know, why High's got the athletes to match up against Easton's passing game. And uh, in the trenches, I mean, why High, you've got to certainly give them the advantage there. But, hey, look, again, I think Easton's a very talented team. I can't give them the nod right off the bat with that. But if they're at their very best that could be, you know, yeah, that could be a game. Yeah. But, but we haven't seen enough consistency from them. Though. Right. And uh, I, in either case, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. And it's uh, it's different this year. Six classifications. Yeah. And it, it is going to be different because Parkside and Cambridge are in the 1A, 2A. Right. And, and then you've got uh, Colonel Richardson and Kent and Washington and Snow Hill. Uh, they're all in the the one A. Yeah, and I don't know. I know Kent. Well, of course, Kent now has two wins, but Kent mm-hmm. was regardless. Kent was going to play. They're young. They need the extra games. Uh, I don't know about Washington. I don't know yeah. if they would elect to play or not. I, I would tend to think actually now they might because they have a lot of sophomores, so they need the experience. So I would think they would. And they missed a few games already. I'll have to reach out to coach and see for sure. But I'll assume that yeah, all the teams are going to be in there. We'll see how that all plays we know out. Will. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah, and uh, how it all plays out down the stretch. We'll put a bow on this one coming up. Hi, I'm Beth Ann Langrill with For All Seasons. When you encounter someone who is acting unkind, it's easy to think, what is wrong with you? Try taking a step back and instead thinking, I wonder what happened to that person. They might be facing a health issue or experiencing significant stress at home or at work. Extend a kind word or a hand to this person. You can ask without judgment, are you doing okay? I notice you seem upset. Is there anything that I can do? Reaching out to someone in this way will help them feel acknowledged. 
Whether it's an adult or a child, remember that each person is experiencing things we know nothing about. Your understanding could give someone the lift that they truly need. This Mental Health Minute has been brought to you by For All Seasons Behavioral Health and Rape Crisis Center. For All Seasons is your community resource offering therapy and psychiatry to children, adults, and families. Call 410-822-1018 for more information. Hi, this final portion of the broadcast is uh, brought to you by our friends at Chop Tank Health. Yes, they've got uh, locations all across the mid-shore serving the uh, Tri-County area, Talbot, Dorchester, and Caroline. Check them out online, choptankhealth.org. And uh, time to put a bow on this one because it's getting a little long. And uh, Inslee, you got any closing comments you want to add? Yeah, I just want to say it was great to hear Bob Cannon. I hope his his daughter's doing well in college. I I don't know if she's pitching or not. She was a stud softball player at Parkside. Um, I talked to another uh, referee today, Eric Fikes, your good buddy. My evil twin lives down in Salisbury. He said that by his numbers, they've got 38 officials and could I think Bob said they need 55. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the need is out there, folks, and I really strongly recommend if you can do it, do it. It's worth it. It's fun. It is rewarding and uh, gives you a great perspective on the game, like the whole uncatchable pass thing. I can't count how many times in 17 years of sports I had to explain that on the sideline to an angry parent. Yeah, or, but, or a coach. <laughs> yeah, and in terms of knowing the rules, here's my final anecdote of the day. Uh, Kenton Moyer. Kenton was the tight end on the Snow Hill football team in 05 that lost the state championship to Allegheny. He got two unsportsman likes in that game at M&T. So he had to sit the first game of the next season. Well, he was the starting third baseman for the Snow Hill baseball team, and they had Daniel Cropper. They were going to win the states. Everyone knew it. So he joined the track team because they had a meet the day before the first baseball game. So he was on the track team, sat out that meet, quit the track team that night, called the Todd Lampman, got on the baseball team, played every game, won the state championship. It's all about way, knowing the rules. I'm not saying and, that was a good thing, but that was that's how knowing the rules can do stuff for you. And was probably the reason why the Bayside has the rule now that you can't switch sports. So. <laughs> it's entirely possible. <laughs> so, well, uh, well, listen, we appreciate you hanging out with us. Maybe we'll have you back sometime in the future. You're a, uh, uh, you know, your, your knowledge and what you can remember from the years uh, is just steel trap and it blows me away. I mean, yeah. you can't remember to take your medicine, but yet you're <laughs> able to remember, you know, all that stuff from the years. So we, we do appreciate your. But that's input. what makes him so unique, yeah, though, Mark. And, and it's so good to have him as a part of the team now. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, and and you know, maybe he, maybe you'll let him have some input on the official uh, baseline <laughs> conference power poll. So, but. <laughs> Anyway, so, hey, you got anything you want to add, Mike, to close out? Uh, just looking forward to rivalry week. You know, this week, uh, nothing like it, the pageantry. And I hope that there's a bigger and better turnout at Queen Anne's Friday, which I expect for the war on the shore. And uh, and then going forward, we've been to some really cool games there in Centerville. And you'll be back this Friday with Matt Griffin. Yeah, looking forward to that. And, and uh, looking forward to Al Waters. You know, he said, I get two Snickers this week. So, yeah. Hey, know. kudos to Coach Waters. Yeah, nice that job was, with that. That was cool. Really cool job. And we appreciate that a lot. And by the way, again, uh, congratulations to Colonel uh, with all their 
accomplishment from uh, this past uh, Friday night. They deserve it. And I'll say this to Cambridge as well. Hold your head up high. That's a heck of a streak to have. Eventually, it was going to come to an end. And again, I think there are many more wins in their future. So nothing to uh, nothing to be too down about. And we had I had uh, somebody reach out. Two people actually reached out and said, "Why didn't you go cover the game with Cambridge Colonel if it was so big?" And I'll be perfectly honest with you. Cambridge has their own radio network, and uh, John Tomey, um, and they, they broadcast it on 100.9, and John does a fabulous job. So I figure, why go cover a game that already has radio coverage, then... We'll go do another game. We could cover that, more games, right? Right. And we so, had somebody doing side. We had Luke Matrinko doing sideline right. reporting there for yeah, us. And, and, and Taylor with Verizon, my, I may say. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> Taylor, no, he had AT&T. Oh, okay. Uh, with Taylor Walls also down at uh, uh, the, Parkside, North Parkside, Carolina. North Carolina. Right, so, right. you know, we just, I don't want to step on John's toes, you know, right, and right. he does a great job, and, and it's great that they are covering the games. That's why we didn't go do Colonel. Had nothing to do with you know whether we like Colonel or not. We love Colonel. It was all about the fact that they already have that game covered on radio. Let's go do another one. And we try to you know keep that in mind when choosing. Sure. Cambridge would have been a great game for a couple of times this year, right? But because they already have John Tomey broadcasting their games on one hundred point nine, hmm. out of respect for John, no sense in us being there. We'll right. go cover another good game. And if you have two two doing the same game, then that's less coverage of other teams right. that we. Can give coverage to otherwise so that's why i decided to do that so yeah it's it's just makes sense that way absolutely shoresportsmd.com check it out more stuff uh, coming up there each and every week and of course uh, you know we've got the preston ford game of the week coming up this friday night airtime will be what time mike 6.45, you said, but I, we're going to go on 6.40 okay. just to be safe. So 6.40 it is what the Roto-Rooter pregame show. You know they like to start early, those yeah. refs sometimes. Yes, they do. So yeah. the Roto-Rooter pregame show we will love be you, at 6.40 <laughs> uh, on uh, this coming Friday night. Yeah, that's not Bob there. Yeah, that's so, true. So uh, we're, looking, we're looking forward to that, and thankfully I don't have to drive to Blacksburg right after the game this time. So uh, we've got that for you coming up this weekend. Looking forward to it. Thanks for joining in, everybody. We really appreciate it. ShoresportsMD.com. Make sure you share the podcast if you like it. If you don't like it, still share it. Comments, send them to Mark at ShoresportsMD.com or Mike at ShoresportsMD.com. It's that easy. That's how you get us. You've been listening to the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast with Mark Potter and Mike Bradley, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Look for another Time Out soon here on ShoresportsMD.com.